Welcome to the Hall Podcast. Kevin AC, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune, Ryan Finley, sports editor of the Union Tribune. Padres won seven in a row. They are 13 and five in September. They are four games out of the final wild card spot. I, I'm still saying too little, too late, but this is at least like this is something. This is exciting. I think in the end we're going to say, yeah, of course, this is what they did. As a matter of fact, I think a lot of us around the team who cover the team, uh, even within the organization, we're like, this is what's going to happen. They're going to go on this incredible win streak at the end of the season and and fall just short. Um, so anyway, Ryan, where would you like to start? Yeah, I, I want to start there. Um, <laughs> Kevin, so you're saying there's a chance. Uh, <laughs> better than one in a million. Better than one in a million. As, as I look at it right now, the Padres heading into a three-game series with the Cardinals. It starts tonight, Friday night. They are four games back of the final wildcard spot with nine games to play. Standing in their way is San Francisco, which is a game ahead of them, and Cincinnati, which is three and a half games ahead of them. Cincinnati is a half game back of both the Cubs and Miami, who have the final two wild card spots. All right, let's break that down. Yes. Let's break that down. San Francisco, throw them out. Because if the Padres are going to have a chance, they will have gone in and beat the and beat the swept, swept San Francisco. Giants, yeah. uh, you're going to say yeah. sweep. Um, I'll get to what yeah. I think the Padres need to do, and it's basically go nine and zero. But uh, throw throw the uh, Giants out. The Reds, they hold the tiebreaker against the Reds. The Reds need to go six and two to hold off a nine and zero Padres team, and that's just kind of the the thought we'll go with, right? Like if the Padres go eight and one, then understand Cincinnati needs to go five and three, right? But basically, to get to eighty four wins, uh, the Padres need to go nine and zero. The Marlins need to go six and three to hold off a nine and zero Padres team, and the Cubs need to go five and four to hold off a nine and zero Padres team. This right here, what has happened the last six games in particular, but it's a seven game win streak. It started with the final game uh, in in LA, is why I wrote that the Padres had not given up at the start of that road trip, the one that was Houston, Los Angeles, Oakland that they figured they were basically out of it, but they weren't making personnel moves. They still had Rich Hill in the rotation. They, you know, there was just some, some maybe some injury stuff they were going to put off making final decisions on until after that trip and really after the Astros and Dodgers. Because what came up after Astros-Dodgers, two division leaders, was a bunch of terrible teams. The Padres have, in order, uh, played the worst team in the American League, in the A's, the worst team in the National League in the Rockies. They are now playing the second worst team, this is in terms of record, in the National League in the Cardinals. They go and play the Giants, who have been reeling for a while, and then they finish with the White Sox, who are bad. This was what was ahead of them. Maybe win one more in Houston. Then you're, you know, it's a seven and two trip instead of a six and three trip. Maybe you're three games back right now, and then it's far more realistic, three and nine versus four and nine. But I think it's hilarious. The Padres were six games back with 12 to play, five and a half back with 11 to play, uh, five back with 10 to play, four and a half back with nine to play. And then yesterday, while they were off, the uh, what? The Cubs lost, the Marlins lost, and the Reds lost. So they gained a half a game yesterday while they slept. So. It's I, it, Look, it's exciting if you want to make it exciting. And I say go ahead because there hasn't been a whole lot of exciting this year. Here is the problem. The Padres played the Cardinals, a yep. terrible, terrible team. Unfortunately, the Cubs played the Rockies, the worst right. team in the National League. And the Reds played Pittsburgh. 
Right. So it's not just the Padres that have sort of uh, easy skating here. Uh, it's right. the teams that they're chasing would need to essentially, I mean, blow it um, down the stretch. You you make a great point. Didn't the Pirates just take two or three from the Cubs? Yes. And five and four. For the Cubs to go five and four, they have to be better than they've been recently. Like, point. look, I'm starting it out by saying, so we're just having like a what if kind of conversation here. So when you say one thing, I'll play devil's advocate. Um, the Cubs have not been good. They were were really good for a time. And that was a period that got them into the spot they're in. And they may well make the playoffs. But five and four would be an improvement. The big thing to me here is the Padres going 9-0 and and, and finishing 16-0. and Is it something we thought at the beginning of the season they could do? Sure. We should get into how they've gotten to 7-0. and I think it's uh, somewhat fascinating. Uh, Manny Machado on the sideline and, and so forth. But So uh, who do the Reds play? The Reds play, you said, the uh, Pirates? Yes. Who do the Marlins play? The Marlins play Milwaukee. Okay. All right. Milwaukee in first place, basically, I think, what, like a magic number of one, I think. Right. Uh, But still trying. I mean, you would presume still trotting out a major league roster every year. Yeah. I mean, that's to me, man, Kevin, (laughs) (laughs) Kevin. And and when I, when I think about it, okay. If the Padres had three more wins right now, they'd be right. We would be bracing for a fun, dramatic week of baseball, regardless of how they did. Yes. Which requires them just being horrible instead of historically awful in extra inning games. Which, I mean, three three wins in extra inning games. What, you're 3-8 and eight instead of 0-11. It would require them being just bad and not awful in one-run games. 10-18 and 18 go- instead of 7-20, and 20, or 10-19 uh, and 19 instead of 7-22. and 22. If they had one walk-off win between the night the Aztecs played for the national championship game in basketball and Tuesday. (laughs) If they had eh, two, two walk-off wins, three walk-off wins in between them, um, we would be talking about how this is a massive week. And Kevin, this goes to something you've been saying since May and June, which is, Hey guys, next time start better. Um, Sitting around talking about how there's plenty of time. They, they were saying that up until the all-star break. There's no time, Kevin. There's a, there's this split and it's, I mean, I'm going to end up going on a tangent. I'm, tr- I'm really, I'm not gonna, I, I want to, but cause I think it's one of our things in this world that we don't give a, get along. If you have a take and someone else has a take, there can't be any middle ground. So here's the deal. There's some in the organization that have pushed for more urgency early on and others that have said, no, it's a long season. Hey guys, there's a middle ground. You don't have to play it like the NFL, but you do have to not lose this thing in May. Mm-hmm. You do have to, as you just said, perfectly, three more. So we're not even talking being in control. We're not asking for that. We're asking for a more realistic shot in the final week. We're not like asking for you to be as good as you should have been. We're just asking you to maybe of the 23 games that I've had this big chart I've run a couple times in the newsletter, the 23 heartbreaking losses, be they uh, some of the extra innings wins, some of the come from ahead losses late uh, where the bullpen blew it, uh, the one run losses of 23 of those win three. And then you would be talking, okay, you know, maybe if they go seven and two, they're in, or maybe if they go six and three, they're in, maybe yes. they have leapfrogged the giants heading into this weekend. Maybe they have leapfrogged. Oh, look at this. Oh, oh we're making schedules. And they've made us both prettier, Kevin. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah. you don't know when you're over on the left, but here's the deal. 
You, that's funny. That shows who we are. You <laughs> went to hide behind the graphic, and I moved to make sure that everyone could still see me. Um, <laughs> if you're, you're really missing out if you're listening later and you don't see graphics here that show all of the contenders and uh, the uh, remaining schedule. Now, I'm going ahead and penciling in the Phillies, and I'm going ahead and penciling in uh, the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks need just three more victories to basically that's sort of their magic number for elimination of the Padres. Um, So, and, and gosh, it's not much higher for like them to, you know, uh, off the, the reds, the reds would have to go, I think probably like seven and one to catch the, the diamondbacks, unless the diamondbacks were going to go one and seven or one and eight, whatever they have left. Look, it's uh, it's still too much to fathom. Let's, you know, like call me, which I know you will, uh, if the uh, if the Padres sweep the Cardinals and the other teams win one game. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, look on. at this. I mean, look at this. If I'm the Cubs, I am scared to death yes. heading into this the final nine, nine games. Yes. They're not playing well for starters. Um, they play the Rockies. Okay, Rockies stink. I mean, Padres proved that, showed that. Then Atlanta. Yep. Then Milwaukee. You hope like hell if you're the Cubs that Atlanta and Milwaukee is giving their guys a little bit of a break before the playoffs when you play them, right? The Marlins, Brewers, Mets, Pirates. Here's the funny thing about this. Uh, (laughs) Here's here's the deal. The Padres are playing Eggy Rosario, Matt Batten, Jose Azokar, uh, you know, and and Manny Machado is not playing third base. Manny Machado is not playing every three games. So, like, that's where I haven't – this is a – I mean, this is a great discussion. This is fun. This is – I mean, I'm excited. You can tell, like, hey, we got something to talk about that might actually matter, and I think this is what you do down at the end and what you look forward to. But the Padres have so much shown that you just don't know. Like, how many times – I'm not even afraid to use the word should have. Like, how many times should the Padres have won or should they have gone on a streak or, you know, were they better than the teams Mm -hmm. they were playing at at a certain time uh, and then they didn't come through? But uh, to your point, I mean, those are not – I mean, the Marlins, uh, you know, you could say there's a little easy. The Reds isn't terribly difficult, but it's like, you know, like, so what? Like, this is the first time all year. The Padres have done what they they were supposed to do. Right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about Kevin. You bring up a great point, and I think that this is sort of the next part of our podcast here. Hey, they are doing this with a, a heavy dose of Matt Batten and Eggy Rosario and Jose Azokar and uh, Matt Waldron and I mean and and and, and Pedro and, Avila right? pitching. Pedro, right, Pedro Avila. Uh, guys are are getting chances here. Yet the results are, are have been better, overwhelmingly better. Right, because um, the teams they're playing also have those players in the lineup. Well, and that's my question, which is, are they playing better or is the competition just bad? They're playing better, for sure. You cannot eliminate the competition, right? Also, Xander Bogarts has the highest batting average, the highest on-base percentage, and the highest slugging percentage. He has nine doubles and four homers, and he's batting 471 in September. Juan Soto has been... Uh, this is one of his better months. He's been, he's had uh, uh, power, uh, fewer walks, more hits. Um, you know, uh, Tatis has had a couple big games, but you also are getting it from around the uh, lineup. 
uh, Matt Batten some key hits uh, and otherwise. Pusano has been great. Moving players over. I knew there was there was that one. Uh, yes, Luis Camposano uh, has been fantastic. Has come through in clutch situations. Um, they there is something to this belief, and and that can be the difference. Maybe there is not momentum in baseball. We need to come up with a different word. But there is something about confidence about chemistry um it, look the Padres should have won if they all hated each other this year they have four really good players by the way I was very clear in the story I wrote a week ago they don't dislike each other so I shouldn't even have said that but I'm just I'm just I don't want people to think oh they no this team is talented enough to be the Phillies right now regardless of anything but they weren't they didn't perform like that they needed a little something. And if you're not watching, you're listening later, like doing a little like, you know, swab move or something. I don't know what I'm doing, but like trying to look cool. They needed a little something that they didn't have this year. Like, you know what I'm saying, Ryan? Yeah. It, it also helps to have the National League Cy Young Award winner in your rotation. Yes. And uh, how, how quickly we forget, uh, you know, when you and I were talking uh, before the show, you know, I threw some topics out and you're like, oh, we should probably talk about Blake Snell. It's like, oh, yeah, the guy who threw seven no hit innings. Uh, this is I think he cemented the National League Cy Young yeah. Award with that performance the other night. Uh, Kevin, what do you think? And and again, how will how will this season be remembered? Let's uh, just put him? it this way. So he has a two, three, three ERA. Next is uh, Kodai Senga at two, nine, six. Uh, next is uh, Justin Steele, who in his past two starts has given up six runs in each in a total of nine innings. So let's just put it this way. If Blake Snell allows eight runs in seven total innings in his next two starts, his ERA would be two, six, four. Mm-hmm. Kodai Senga could throw two complete game shutouts. Mm-hmm. And his ERA would be two six six. Wow! So Blake wow. Snell is virtually assured of finishing the season as the National League Cy Young winner, or I'm sorry, ERA leader. Right. Now, is that all there is to being the Cy Young winner? No. no. But throw in some of these other numbers. His his innings are not an issue anymore. Thirty one starts. He's going to finish with thirty three. Uh, he's finished stronger than anyone. As a matter of fact, his last twenty two starts have been borderline historic. And in some ways, if you baseball is beautiful because you can add in like you know over his past twenty two starts, uh, no one has ever had a one two three ERA with sixty four hits allowed and one hundred and twenty eight strikeouts or whatever it is. It's like wow, that's a lot of caveats, but okay, still historic. No one's ever done it. Uh, I don't see any way that that. Really, Blake Snell isn't the Cy Young winner. I guess if he were to blow up, and there are some other guys. Logan Webb is probably going to have like 220 innings or something like that. Uh, I know Spencer Strider is real sexy to people because of the strikeouts. Corbin Burns, uh, Zach Gallen on a winning team, uh, a lot of innings and, and, and a really good pitcher. But just take the totality of the numbers and, and the big, big, big number which is ERA, and I don't see how you're not correct that he has basically cemented it at this point. And it's weird to say this about a Padre, Kevin, but he has the most name recognition of any of the guys you just mentioned, maybe outside of Spencer Strider. Um, You know, he's somebody who's won a Cy Young before in the American League, somebody who is, I I mean, I think a a celebrity within the sport of baseball, um, interesting cat. Uh, Kevin, he's making himself a ton of money with every start here, isn't he? Yeah, by the way, we're talking now, 
understand what I'm saying. Blake Snell has a lot of work to do, and fortunately for him, he has a lot of time to do it. But we are talking about Hall of Fame stuff when you are a Cy Young winner in both leagues. That's just how it works out. Like people don't win two Cy Youngs and people don't win a Cy Young in the National League and American League. Now that used to be rarer too because people didn't switch teams as often and you sure. didn't switch leagues as often. But uh, but still, like we're it's no longer silly to at least have Blake Snell on your radar of, well, does he follow it up with another five years that are somewhat like this, right? Mm-hmm. Like we forget the kid's 30, man. Like that's young for a pitcher. Yeah. So like this is super impressive what Blake Snell's doing and 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 he's just a really really good pitcher and the fact is he's just becoming a really really good pitcher. I think there were some down years in the American League in 2018. Now he had a great season, he did. But like, you know, Blake Snell's always been interested in improvement and and that's one of the things I really like about him is what he talks about. He does, he goes out and he's not talking like, Hey, I'm going to throw six shutout. He's talking about how he's going to attack hitters and, and you know what some of the results with inside of the results are going to be. And they are so often he's really smart guy. And I've talked to him about this, you know, the whole, like the way he talks sometimes and that he's goofy and that he plays video games. People don't understand like this is a smart grounded guy. Like this is, like really impressive and yes to your last point it's gonna make a lot of money he's gonna somebody is gonna pay blake snell a lot of money uh kevin can we talk about bogarts for a minute um yeah it's so funny remember what june or july when uh i think it was manny machado who was saying hey you know talking about the big four hey uh we just got to be what the back of our baseball cards say that we are right if they if they just did that they'd be fine was sort of his contention then uh, three of the big four are essentially with the back of their baseball cards say they should have been this year. Um, Machado being the only one who's probably significantly down. Would you, would you say that? Yeah. If, if you want to give a, a bunch of caveats to Tatis's season being 20 uh, games shorter and, right. and really immeasurably different because of the year off, right. And the sure. surgeries uh, he's not close to his numbers, but then I, I absolutely I'm, I'm with you in terms of, like the baseball card, no. But like, you know, I think this season was plenty good enough for Tatis, all things considered. The yeah. other two, Soto and Bogarts, somehow Bogarts, especially if he continues like this over nine games, somehow this guy's going to end up basically where he's always been. About what you thought he was going to do before the season, right? Yeah. Um, and, and again, I think that a lot of it is just a coincidence that – as he's playing better, the Padres are playing better. I, I I think to say that this was all, they were bad because of Xander Bogarts, and now they're good because of Xander Bogarts, I think that that's oversimplification. Yes. But when he is hitting, and when th- at least three of those four guys <laughs> are hitting, and that hasn't been the case necessarily all of them together at some point this year, at one point this year, um, that lineup becomes a heck of a lot longer, heck of a lot deeper. I mean, he won them a game the other night with just a wall scraper home run. But, you know, where's that been, right? This guy puts the ball in play, too. Yes, this year, especially with some some pitches he wasn't able to get to and then some bad habits he still wasn't able to get to even when he felt better. Um, but, you know, he leads the league in infield singles. 
That happens when you awkwardly put dribblers in the play or, you know, hit a hard ball in the hole uh, at at, at shortstop uh, and and, and beat it out. He's not a burner, but I think he is going to set a a career high with like, you know, whatever he has now, 13 steals or whatever. Um, But he's he's not a burner. Uh, He's not like laying down bunts and beating him out, but he puts the ball in play. He he knows the game of how he's supposed to – you know, hit in that particular moment. Um, and good things happen when you put the ball in play. Uh, that's overplayed sometimes in today's game. Pitchers are incredible, but Xander Bogarts is is a heck of a player. That that doesn't mean, like, we jury out for a long time on whether it was justified that contract, but Xander Bogarts is a heck of a player. Yeah. Uh, fairly, I was going to say unfortunately, but fairly – Guys are judged based on their the money they make and the contract they got. They, mm. You know, that's something, hey, you know, and they they sometimes bristle at that. And I understand that, but like deal with it. Cause like I had a I had a conversation. Uh, it was a uh, you know uh, a private conversation with a fairly high profile pottery this week about the money. And it was like, no, as I've told you before, doesn't make a difference to me, except when you're making enough then it kind of does become about the money because well, mm-hmm. there are major expectations. And there's a reason you got that money. And it was because of those expectations. It's a sign of the organization's level of respect and esteem for you, frankly. And I mean, let, let's talk about, yes. I mean, let's talk about Drew Pomerantz, right? <laughs> I mean, it, not just for guys who make $30 million a year, a guy like Drew Pomerantz was given a lot of money for who he was. Right. And we mentioned, and it should be mentioned most times when we bring up his name, how much money he's making this year. And it's just, and it's last. just yeah. And last and, and to not pitch because um, he's hurt. But I mean, it's a sign of what the organization thinks of you when they pay you more money than anybody else was offering you. Yeah. Um, and that's not necessarily a judgment on the player, but sometimes that can be a judgment on the organization too. Right. Yep. I mean, there I've been doing this long enough to know that, there are guys who maybe injuries, they, they're just not tough. But most often, like, injuries are not a guy's fault. And mm-hmm. and guys work hard and there's bad luck. And so I have a real problem. I have pushed back on the Drew Pomeranz, like, what a stiff. I'm like, I'll push back on that, like, vehemently. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, he didn't choose for it to go this way. Right. That said... There is no doubt that this is a major letdown and that, you know, he, he really cost the Padres a lot. <laughs> well, the decision is it's, it's yeah. The decision to sign a guy who had it a little bit of an injury history and who was pitching in a new role and Hey, his numbers were great as a setup guy. I'm not, he was, he was, he was stellar, but you know, the, to me, this is not a Drew Pomerantz problem. This is an organizational problem, which is okay. Now there's another one where I'll say, if you saw him pitch, like this guy is like the best. Like, and so that I could even posture that is like the best left-handed setup guy. He was Andrew Miller for a while. He was Andrew Miller. Yeah. And and it's real easy to then go back and go, oh, but wait a minute, this time he missed, and this time he missed. Well. He'd pitched for a while and he'd been healthy and mm-hmm. you were asking him to go out and just be who he had been. 
The problem is that, yes, you stack these up next to some other contracts, and it's it's a part of the heap. On its own, I will push back on the Pomeranz contract as like a bad contract. Mm-hmm. You can't, yes, you can't separate it from the heap of, of some other contracts that, you know, I, I would say there were some others that didn't have to be given. Uh, but if you wanted to get Drew Pomeranz, that's the contract you were going to give. Right. And, well, and that's it, too. And when we talk about next year, the Padres having a lower payroll, because it will be lower, probably. Um, when we talk about the Padres having a lower payroll, we forget about guys whose numbers are coming off the book. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Drew Pomerantz is one of them, man. Drew like, Pomerantz, you're going to have a couple starting pitchers. Uh, you're going to have Josh Hader. You're going to have, you know, we'll see who 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 who, who, who leaves. But there's there's plenty of places that it can come off. The key is going to be. Who do you replace them with? I mean, this is like where, yeah, the, the scouting that has got you your your young players and everything uh, needs to be spot on at the major league level. Absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, you're right, Kevin. You're right. The Padres here again, nine games left. Don't want to take away from this series. Um, it's funny looking at the starting pitchers. You know, I mean, it it, it does not. It, these are all guys with stuff to prove. <laughs> yeah. But no, you Darvish, no Joe Musgrove. Um, Yet the Padres are still hanging in. They're still hanging in. Uh, Joe's still throwing. Uh, he's not going to pitch. So he'll but, pitch the uh, playoff game? Is don't it, rule it out. Don't, don't, don't rule out uh, if they make the playoffs that uh, he would be on the roster. But he's not pitching this season. But kind of like kind of like them. Like, they're not going to the playoffs. But if they do, uh, it was never – I've written this – that Joe's never going to shut down, like, completely. Right. Joe right. doesn't shut down. He basically takes, like, a week off in the offseason and 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 continues to throw. And, look, this is his first time missing time. I mean, uh, of the big three, Blake Snell just passed him in terms of starts. They both had made every start. Uh, Darvish is the one that's been uh, – had some some issues in the uh, big three of the pitchers they got before the 21 season. Um, but it turns out, everybody, Blake Snell is going to leave as the guy who uh, was the best among the big three during those three years. Kevin, without giving me uh, too too much grossness here, uh, how is Hassan Kim? You know, he was out there. He was almost going to go in that game. If Xander Bogarts couldn't finish, uh, he had a, a, a hamstring cramp, I guess, uh, that wasn't supposed to, wasn't serious uh, enough for him to come out, but he almost did. And Kim had to go in. He was their last infielder. They don't have any others uh, because they're, you know, Manny's not playing. They're starting Batten and Rosario. Uh, they could have, I guess, moved pro far, but that wasn't going to happen. Uh, made him in a middle infielder. So Kim was ready to go in. I watched him do stuff it looked fine to me they said he was fine so uh looks like kim will be in there tonight anytime you talk about uh abdominal discomfort and stomach discomfort uh it's one of those i almost don't want to know um kevin last thing before we go is it possible that jerks and profile has been the key to the whole dang thing how many Uh, games it is absolutely not possible but (laughs) that doesn't mean there is so much to consider when you got that like that is a good clubhouse guy who Maybe, you know, makes a little difference when we're talking about as we spent time all year, but earlier here, breaking it down when we're talking about three or four wins. Heck, maybe that was it. If Jurison Profar keeps his contract, doesn't opt out. There's no Matt Carpenter and Nelson Cruz. There's maybe a different 
guy that they decide they're going to go out and get who who knows who that would have been and what it would have been could it have been not this guy but like another guy who had a season like jorge alfara or uh so yeah, right right like like th- there's there's that was a a domino that fell right. when jurics and profar made what he believes was a mistake uh of opting out so and is there a three win difference there you go between and profar by the way backing this up Backing this up, I know we got to wrap here soon. Backing this up, Jerickson Profar is a Padre now because he was awful with the Rockies. Yep. There's no rule that says he wouldn't have been just as terrible with the Padres, right? Right. Except this, you you are that's beautiful, and I love that because that's always the thing. It's like if someone gets caught stealing third and the next guy singles, you know, it's not guaranteed he was going to get the same pitch and make the same hit if the guy had still been on second base. So like right. it's you know. There's a law for that that I can't ever remember what the name is, but it's like there's not a guarantee that there's going to be like that. Jerickson Profar, and I knew just just from spending three years talking to him and getting to know him a little bit and the people around him, it was a mistake for him to leave just for this. It took him a year or two to get comfortable here. He loved it here as he loved it in Texas, but he loved it here. He didn't like it in Oakland when he played there. He didn't like it in Colorado when he played there. Now you might say, oh, that's convenient. No, no. Like this guy is a comfort guy. There are guys like that. Blake Snell's a comfort guy. Um, That was a mistake for him to leave based on what the reality of the market was. It looked like the market was going to be there for uh, a player to get a few more million dollars over a few more years. So really, you know, he was thinking he's going to make 20, 30 more million guaranteed based versus one year here um, because he essentially got the same thing from the Rockies that he did from the Padres. Uh, But that was a mistake. The comfort here might've been worth uh, 10 more points on the on-base percentage or whatever, Brian. So you are correct, but I'm telling you, I do think that had something to do with it. He did not like Denver. He wasn't as comfortable there. Uh, Yeah. So what you're saying is there's a chance that two comfort guys, uh, Jerickson Profar and Blake Snell will be Padres next year. If they're smart. No, I think here's something that's happened. Uh, going through all this has made Blake Snell a lot more mature. A lot. I, I've talked to him about some different ways that he's going to look at things. Uh, he is going to go into whoever his team is as a, as a leader, as a guy who's ready to have a voice and and uh, he'll he knows that he needs to give things more of a chance and that he needs to um, work right away on making that new place comfortable. And, you know, this is there is a think about yourself as a male. OK, I mean, I feel like my wife was um, 40 when she was 20. All right. Probably you as well. And anybody oh, yeah. like oh, yeah. Yeah. the growth between. The growth between 27 and 30 for for many men is, I mean, it's gigantic, as is, you know, the growth between, you know, 18 and 25. I think it's a little slower. Uh, but that that growth between mid-late 20s and early 30s is, is, it's a big time. And I think it forged a lot in Blake Snell. He's going he's gonna to be a different person first year with his new team than first year with the Padres. Yeah, I'm not saying that exists in my house, Kevin, but there have been nights when my wife has been working on legal filings and I've been playing Madden on the PS4. So if if that's not the perfect example, I don't know what it is. It also sounds like the perfect marriage. <laughs> we should we should stop there, uh, Kevin. Uh, Padre baseball, three-game series against the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, 
worth watching. Worth watching. I don't know when the last time we could have said that was, but worth watching or, here. Or was this the last time? So that's kind of a, that's kind of exciting in itself. Was this, you know, on Monday, are we talking about they're still in this thing? We'll yeah. see. Yep, absolutely. That'll do it for this episode of the Hot Lava Podcast. For Kevin Acey, I'm Ryan Finley. We'll see you next time. <laughs>